Hello, and welcome to a joyous podcast of Believe in Arizona State. David, that was an awfully nice game on Saturday against the Colorado Buffaloes. It's good to see a smile on your face. And uh, I can tell you're sitting on a chair a little higher today. I feel like you're looking down upon the world because you, you feel so good about this past game. Well, think about it, man. When you when you win football games, you're on top of the world. And right now, Arizona State football team uh, did what they were supposed to do. They went down to Boulder and uh, played a competitive uh, Colorado football team. And, you know, when these two teams were equally matched. They were. We said that, we said that last week, that these two teams were equally matched. It was just who's going to make the plays and who was going to take care of the football and who was just going to play football. I mean, once again, I mean, I, I thought the high altitude didn't affect Arizona State. Uh, they seem to play well, but uh, when you're when you're a thirteen point favorite, remember I talked about that. You sure it's did. Scary. Multiple, it's multiple scary. Time. <laughs> I didn't like that thirteen point favorite stuff because well, and they didn't cover thirteen, and they points. did not cover. So you know, once again, I think for us ASU a W is more important than trying to cover the spread, and we got the W. You know, I was looking for things that. David, they've really come on the last couple of weeks. And and had they not lost that one pointer, and we know there were a number of ways they could have beat Stanford before that game was over, we'd be riding a three-gamer, which would include Washington, Stanford, Colorado. I was looking for little things, the intangibles too, and, and I don't want to get way, way ahead of ourselves, but there's one thing that I just wanted to talk to you about because I knew that we would be so proud of this. Remember earlier in the year, and I want to say it was Oklahoma State, somebody else back-to-back, maybe Utah, that – that caught us on the flea flickers. Well, Colorado tried a flea flicker this year, and Chris Edmonds, beautiful rising interception over the top. He did not get sucked in. He stayed where he was supposed to say, stay. And, you know, you were always saying, you know, don't be, don't be caught looking other places. Do your job. Stay where you're supposed to be. He did. He picked that ball off, and that gave me a great feeling about the rest of the game. Well, you know, Dave, I've always said it about pay attention to detail. Everything you do in life has detail oriented upon upon it. Okay, so when they're playing football, everybody has a job. Eleven players have places to be on both sides of the ball. When they start doing all them reverses and flea flickers and whatnot, and you got man to man on the guy, you shouldn't be looking in the backfield. You shouldn't right. even see the flea flicker. What you're supposed to be seeing is the guy you're covering. And on that particular play. The guys that were covered, they were covered. And that's how you sustain good defense, good offense when you do your job. And you're going to hear that from me 24-7 because that was instilled in me when I uh, when I came to Arizona State with Willie Shaw on top of being in the NFL with Dick LeBeau. If you do your job and if everybody does theirs, you got a chance to win. It's right. when, you know, 10 guys are doing this job and the freelancer is out there doing his own thing and when you do your own thing, guess what happens? It messes right. up the, the coordination that you have on defense. David, did this – I remember back to when we had Daryl Clack on. Yes. And I, I love the guests we had on. And one of the first things I said is I said, Daryl, did you watch the game this week? And he went, yes, I did. And that wasn't Arizona State football. David, as an alum, as an All-American, did this look closer to what you expect an Arizona State football team to look like when they take the field? Yes. I mean, what I liked about this game, Dave, is that – you know, we, we go down the field and we score. You know, Colorado gets the ball, they go down three and out, we go get the football, we go down and score. You know, you, you're there, there are things that I said to you, the intangibles, 
the very first possession of the game and the very first possession of the second half. Well, you're huge on the first possession of each half. Yeah, so the first possession of Arizona State was the kickoff team to Colorado. <clears throat> and then when Arizona State's defense got out there, three and out. That's a win. That's a win right there because now right. we get the football. Colorado doesn't score any points. And now our offensive's first possession of the game, we go down the field and score. So right now we are we're up seven nothing, but yet we have defeated Colorado twice. We stopped them on three plays, and then we went out and scored the football. So those are the intangibles that a lot of people don't see. That's very very important because Colorado scores a touchdown on the first possession. We score a touchdown on the first possession. The final score is probably tied. Due to the fact that that first possession, we stopped them and then we went down and scored. So it's important that if you can, you know, there's a it, all three phases of the game have to work. That's offense, defense, and special teams. If two of those phases are good and the other one isn't, you're going to have some issues. We were fortunate, again, against Colorado, an evenly matched team, right. that all three phases of the game was good for us and it showed with the numbers in the game. It showed on third down. It showed on uh, 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 sure. turnovers. It, it showed on defense. It showed on time of possession. And when you have all of those working for you, that's why they came out there with a W. Let's give a little credit where it's due to. Colorado, that, they're not a bad football team. I, I know they're now, what, one and seven? One and seven now, yes. One and seven. They're, they're a pretty decent one and seven. And they had a couple of players, Deion Smith, they had a running back that was lightning could catch you. He's, he's a dual threat. And then uh, when you talked about special teams, that you want our offense, defense, and special teams, we played a pretty nice game, but we were exposed on one play, and that was when Jordan Tyson, a lightning fast freshman. Get to the house, man. He was gone. Oh, he took it to the house, and I don't think anybody got within a, a fingertip of him. But uh, uh, And that's – look, Colorado's Colorado. They were playing at home. They gave us a nice ball game. They are not our next opponent. No. They are not UCLA. No, they're and not. As strong and fast as they were, if we were on an airplane, they'd be coach seating and UCLA would be up in first class. So we've got to shore up for sure. If if Colorado can do that on a punt, uh, Lord knows what we're looking at when we face when, when UCLA comes to town. And see, Dave, those are the things, too, that if you win the game, that long punt return doesn't exist. We can go back home and correct that. Right. When you lose the game, you got to go and correct it. But it's it, it's a bitter taste in the mouth because we just gave up an 88, 90 yard punt return or kick return. No matter what it is, we gave that up. But when you win games, you can go back and correct those because it's a aha moment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We just gave that up. Oh, man, we won the game. Though. Woo. You take your, the sweat off your brow and you, 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 you feel good about it. But yet when you lose a game. You got not only to deal with the loss, but you also got to deal with the punt return that you gave up the touchdown because that was the difference of the game. But in our case, we yes. didn't have it; didn't hurt us enough that we lost the game. So, yeah, I, I'm right. Mistakes can you've always said make mistakes fast, make them fast, and if we come back and win, which we did, we not come back and win, but if we win the ball game, those can tend to get overlooked until the film session. It's sure not going to get looked at. I'm kind of curious, defensive guy. And I'm not even sure. I've never asked you this question. Did you did you play special teams either for ASU or the Bengals? Did you ever have to take the field for special teams? You know what, Dave? It's funny, man. I, I only played I've never special asked you teams. that question. I played special teams 
when I went to the Raiders. I uh, never played a special teams play in Cincinnati. Well, I won't say I've never played special team play. So on fourth down, when it's uh, fourth and probably about three or four, and we don't bring out our punt return team, right? defense stays on the field. We call it safe. We'll, we'll, we'll put a punt returner back. We'll take a defensive back out the game, but the defense stays on the field because we want to make sure they, they run, they punt the ball and not run a play. Understood. So collectively, no, I have not played special teams in Cincinnati, but I have on certain fourth downs when it's a fourth and short and keep the defense on the field. But when I play for the Raiders, I play kickoff team, I play punt team, and let me tell you, I was a fish out of water. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. So you didn't play any special teams at ASU? No special teams at ASU. Came off the field on thir- at the third down. Uh, didn't go on the field at all on, 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 on when a punt team – um, you know, there, there, once again, there were times at Arizona State, once again, safe when we had the defense sure. on the field. Sure. And I was on the field because it was a safe. Um, so we call it safe because it was fourth down and two, fourth and three that, that we think they could probably go for it on our side of, of, the, of the football field. So the defense stayed on the field. But no, I, I don't like special teams, man. Yeah, you, you lived a blessed life. You got to get removed from all the chaos of those plays. And obviously, you know, over the last decade or so, we've seen some pretty major changes in the way they call plays and, and what we're allowed to do and, and allowing kickoffs and, you know, to, to be fair caught so that there's a, a diminished amount of injuries. And I get that. David, one of the things I like about our podcast is we don't duck anything. No, we don't. And I'm going to lead you. That's why when you told me that we were going to do this podcast and I said to you, I will only do it if you will answer the toughest of questions. And before I lead you into that tough question, I'm going to go through something. There were a couple of breakout stories this week, one of which is Trenton Borgay wasn't just thrown in. He won the starting job, and he got his first college start. He was 32 of 43, 435 yards and three touchdowns. And if Jalen Conyers wasn't tackled on the half-yard line, and I mean the half-yard line going in, he would have had four touchdown passes. Jalen Conyers, six for 108. He was almost six for 109. He got tackled on the half-yard line, three touchdowns. He almost pulled a Travis Kelsey from a couple weeks ago. He almost had four touchdowns. Uh, You know, ended up giving um, the X-Factor X-Valde had a nice one-yard run. There was one of his three touchdowns. There's a nice coming-out party. However, there was a young man standing on the sidelines watching that game named Emory Jones, who started the season as the starting quarterback after going through the portal, coming here, hoping to win that job, did win the job, just lost the job. Tell me, David, tell us all, what's that feel like as a player? You know, that's tough, Dave, because uh, I've been there. Uh, I've been there when I left Cincinnati and went to the Raiders, uh, coming off a of Pro Bowl year, go to the Raiders, and they've got uh, Eddie Anderson at uh, strong safety and a rookie they drafted number one at free safety. And when I got there, I, I watched – you know, I'm, 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 I'm a three-time Pro Bowler. I played in the Super Bowl. I was defensive back of the year. And then I go to the Raiders in Los Angeles, and I'm sitting and watching. Mm. And that's a tough, tough pill to swallow. That's one of them big, large pills that you put in your mouth that you, right. you know, get caught in your throat as you're trying to swallow it. And, you know, but it's you have to understand, and I'm pretty sure Emory understands the game, that if you don't produce – there's always a guy behind you ready to play. Sure. 
And, you know, I, I think it's tough, especially going through the transfer portal to come to Arizona State after Arizona State's quarterback from a year ago goes to the transfer portal and goes to LSU. So, and by the way, watching him have the season he's having for LSU and bringing, bringing them back to prominence, that can't be easy either. No, it can't be because I think that that kid, uh, Jaden Daniels, was a pretty good football player. And once again, sometimes it's a system. Sometimes you have a system of quarterbacks that could do certain things that, you know, if you're asking me to be a passing quarterback and I'm a running quarterback, uh, guess what's going to happen? My passing yards are going to look bad. But if you're, you know, you flip that, a passing quarterback asks him to run, who runs a five second 40, uh, I'm sorry, a five second 90, um, or not even a 90, a five second 20, he's really slow. So, um, Emory Jones um, is in a tough spot. And like I said, I've been there before, right. but your number is always one play away from being called. And Very true. the young man who came in there and took the quarterback position, I don't, I don't, I don't think, not only do I think that he uh, won that position, but it's always, always to a coach. I got a coach who is trying to set up his football team. You know, the interim coach steps in here now. He's going to be an interim head coach for the rest of the year. He's got to put his stamp on his team, meaning the players that he wants to play and start and, and, and do what they need to do. And would, I think that's what he did. Looking, would they also be looking at I mean, Sean Aguano doesn't know if he's going to be coached next year or not. I'm sure there's going to be a, a pretty national search for that position. He's given himself, he's building a nice little case on what he can do whether it's at Arizona state or somewhere else, he's given himself a nice resume build with what he's done. This, I mean, when that Eastern Michigan game was over, you and I were kind of like, Whoa, where do we go from here? Where does the team go from here? And look where they have come from here. But so, so there's the possibility that he stays on, but who, who knows, but you're right. He's putting his stamp on it. Is this also a chance to look at some players knowing that next year's a brand new year starting off zero and zero do you put a couple people in position to see if they can play now so that you know what you've got for next year? Yeah, no doubt. I think Sean is, is putting up his resume. You know, they know what Sean can do because he's a running back coach and he's got some pretty good running backs in that backfield. But now he's also not, not only this running back coach, he's the interim head coach. He's the field leader. So he is going to put his best product on the field because he too is putting up a resume. Right. Can I run a high-powered uh, Power 5 football program here at Arizona State? He's coming from Chandler High School, I believe, in Arizona. Well, if you're a right. dominated high school football coach and won some state championships. I think they oh, – I, I remember reading or hearing that they won three in a row, possibly three in a row, and then he was a revered. So he – so when you, when you start talking about the football team that he is displaying, putting on the field – Practice, people people can come come alive in practice. There are people who are practice players, and there are people who are game players. I, I played with some guys, man, in practice that could that could outrun everybody, that could outhit everybody. But then when they got in the game, they had their eyes closed. But see, this is what Sean was looking at. He's looking at the opportunity of what does Arizona State really have to lose, Dave? Just another game. You know, I, I really thought of that yesterday. Well. I thought of that. You know, you, we've at when that, you know, they they lost that game to Eastern and that changed the whole season. 
And from that point on, I asked you and I asked our guest that week, what does this mean? And I, it might have been Derek Lack. I, I said, doesn't this now mean that they can play because they have nothing to lose? You both went, it sure does. And it they does. played differently since that loss. And, then, and and once again, Dave, we're going to go back to those players, those 115 players that they have on that team are once again auditioning because of the turmoil and the change in coaching staff that now I have a chance to get it. And I have a chance to go out and prove that I belong on the field because they were already set. When Herm Edwards had that football team coming into the first game of the year, they had a starting quarterback, they had a starting running back, they had a starting football team. That football team started. Them 22 players were going to be the starters if they stayed healthy for the rest of the year. And then when Herm lost his job, the doors open now. Oh, shoot, I got a chance. Got a new coach. I'm pretty close to getting there playing. I maybe have a few plays here and there, but I want to be the man. So what I'm going to do in practice, I'm going to go out there and prove that I should be a starter. And guess what? That's why that quarterback was in that game. And he's probably going to be the starting quarterback for the rest oh, of the year. Oh, he looked fabulous. And, and once again, the reception, but soon as you soon as you look at Emory Jones, you say, not, not a bad quarterback, but he's not making enough plays for us to win. And now we got to put in our backup because our backup in practice. He's getting the ball around. He's, he's delivering the football to people. And at one time in this game, Dave, I think he was 10 for 10. Yes. Before he his first incompletion pass, they were running a screen. And because the guy was covered, he had to throw it down to the ground of the defensive lineman. To me, that's not an incomplete pass. That's a smart quarterback not trying to force something to have a turnover on his football team. So he threw the ball in the ground. And then I, I think the next time he tried to throw a pass, he got hurried and hit in the back. Right. So you know what? Once again, that's telling me that this young man is a student of the game and he's paying attention to detail, and that's why he's got the starting job. Well, he's got to be elated. I, I could tell you were excited about the beginning of this game because I was getting – you were you were taking pictures of the stat pages every five to seven minutes. And I remember once you said it was eight for eight for a certain number of yards and two touchdowns already, and then it was 10 for 10. And he finally well, – let's go through, David, as we always do. Let's go through a few of the stats uh, in this matchup. First downs, we had 22. They had 20. This is an interesting stat because, you know, we were both at 50%. They just had a higher number. Uh, first downs, uh, 22 to 20. Third down efficiency, we were 7 out of 14. We converted 50% uh, of our third downs. They were 9 out of 18. Sound yeah. familiar? Last yeah. week, we, we gave up 9 out of 19. This way, it was 9, it was nine out of 18. Total yards. We yes. put up 557, 435 again through the air, 122. And let me talk for a second. I'm going to come out of the stats for a second. The X factor, X validate is really starting to, if I'm a pro scout, he's starting. We, in our first podcast, we had Thurman Thomas, still one of my favorite guests. What a great guy. What a talent. Every single time I watch X, he's starting to look more and more. Like, if not, and I don't mean to get, because I'm a huge Buffalo fan when I'm not rooting for our Bengals. I, I go to Buffalo a lot. But he is showing that he can possibly play this game at the next level and looking a lot like Thurman, if not more talented in certain ways, possibly faster. Amazing hands out of the backfield. Broke that 42-yard touchdown. I think with the hold at the offensive line, let's give credit, you could have broken that 42-yard touchdown as well. That was a huge hole. They but are. They, this young man is doing it, David. 
He is doing it. The X factor is doing it, man. And I, you said it, there are some people have it, have that it factor. The X factor has that it factor. He could play at the next level, staying healthy, doing what he's supposed to do. He can stay healthy. He can get it done. He, he, he's not a one dimensional back. Some backs are one dimensional. Some guys can run. Some of them can't really catch well. Some of them can't block. He has all those intangibles. He has the intangibles that he could play at the next level. I was watching um, McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers first game at, at San Francisco. Um, the guy has a special gift. And that's what the X Factor has. He has a special gift because he can come out of the backfield, get into the slot. Right. He can go out wide. Linebackers got to go out and cover him. Not too many linebackers in college is going to cover this guy one-on-one. No. And his explosive, David, he is so explosive once he puts the ball in his hand. There were a few times that he was probably trapped in the backfield in this game, but because of the strength that he has in his legs to get outside, he outran people to the corner. And when you can do that, man, you're going to be successful. And that's why, you know, 122 yards rushing as far as the, the team together you know, 33 attempts. So they, they averaged 3.7 yards a play on when they ran the football. Think about it, Dave. If you average 3.7 per run, that's that's third down. That's fourth down and one right. every time if you ran the football. And Probably we talked about that down. last week. What's the goal? Third and two. Third, third, two. Two, third, third and two. Third and one. Yes. A manageable, makeable third down. And if you could do that, you got a chance. And on top of that, what you when your quarterback is – averaging 10 yards at pass attempt. You know, that's a first down every time he throws the football. But 557 yards of total offense. Um, when you look at that number, you're probably looking at a football team who scored in the high 40s, high 50s. We scored 42 points. Right. And the game was to win the game and control the football. And our quarterback did that. He controlled the football game. He made plays with his feet as well as with his arm, and he found his receivers down the field, and they made plays. And when they made plays, man, let me tell you something. Arizona State's a pretty good football team when they make plays. It's nice It's nice to, to have this conversation leading into the next conversation. There's a pretty decent football team coming in uh, to play this weekend. They're UCLA, and, yeah, they took one on a chin a couple of weeks ago, but uh, they're awfully good. And I was thinking of something else. They've got uh, they've got that that running back Charbonnet that was used to be at Michigan, left Michigan, came there. He's just tearing it up. You you got to think what would that team be? You, I watched their game this this weekend too with with Corum and Edwards. Those three guys that say, "Are you kidding me?" So he's come to UCLA. He's lit up UCLA, and he's going to be a factor for us. Take me through. Now we just had an awfully nice game. I'm pretty excited about it. I told you, even though we lost by a point last week, I was still excited about the season. Look, yes. we, we won that one. We've got a tough team coming in. Give me the blueprint on how we beat UCLA. Well, I believe that game is a home game for us. I think is. UCLA is coming in town. So there's a there's a little factor there. I'll even look. It says uh, on the sheet that I have, it still says uh, to be determined. I'm sure by now they've given it a start time because of television. Yeah, so here's what I, here's what I think about the UCLA game. And once again, you say probably going to be favored. Normally, the home team gets a three point or three and a half points. You say it's probably going to be favored because they're ranked and they're, you know, they only have uh, one loss on the year, ranked number 12. Um, 
going to be a tough ball game. But I think our environment gets loud. And because Arizona State fans are probably some of the best in the country. They get that, you know, 80,000 seat stadium lit, lit up and with a lot of noise. Depending on what time of day they play, it doesn't really matter. Is it a 3.30 game or is it a 7.30 game? It's still football. But I also think, too, that Arizona State's coming to that game with that same mindset. What do we have to lose? What, the, what do we have to lose against the University of Washington when they came in? You keep it close, you make plays, you got a chance. This football team playing against Colorado, supposed to be Colorado, should it be Stanford, wind up upsetting Washington. The mindset has, hasn't changed. It's their 11 versus your 11. You take care of your job, you beat your guy, got a chance to win the game. What they don't want to do is get into a track meet with UCLA. Right. A track meet with UCLA is not good. Quarterback for UCLA last week against Stanford didn't throw a touchdown. He normally throws touchdowns. Multiple touchdowns. And what he's also got are the wheels. He's a very special player. And think about this. So when you're a running back, carries the football 21 times and has 198 yards rushing with three touchdowns, and your, your quarterback really doesn't have to throw the football. And I think that's what happened with Stanford. He threw, he threw, he threw the football 29 times, completed 18 of them for just under 200 yards. But once again, when you're running the football, you don't have to do a whole lot. As long as your, your quarterback is maintaining and controlling the football game. And that's what UCLA quarterback did last week. But I will tell you this here. Arizona State's defense looked much better last week against Colorado than they did against Stanford. But then again, they played, Tell me they played what well. What, what, and, David? What, what, what was better? What did you see? How Were they faster, sharper? Were they well, in the right gaps? Were they in the right position? Paying attention to detail was, was the most important thing. What Arizona State didn't do is didn't give up the deep passes. They didn't right. give up the stuff <clears throat> that could hurt them. They made Colorado play an 80-yard football field or 60-yard football field, wherever they started. Right. you got to make them play the whole entire football field instead of a short field. Special teams are really good by putting them back there in their own, you know, deep in their own territory. So Arizona State can blitz some teams. They can, they can play man-to-man. -man. They can play uh, a zone blitz. They can do a whole lot of things to the offense when the field is longer than it is shorter. And Colorado struggled with that. So that's the same thing they're going to have to have. The game plan they had against Colorado, they need for UCLA coming up this week. What I think that they have done the last couple of weeks, and I've never been a football coach, and I've never been a major college football coach, but if I'm UCLA preparing for us this weekend, I go back three weeks, we beat Washington, we beat them in a nice game, we just lose to the team that they just played and handled them pretty well at home, and then we beat Colorado. I think in my meetings, I'm giving us a lot of respect. And I'm telling my team, gentlemen, we're heading we're heading to a, a game that's going to test our mettle. Is that what you believe will happen from their end? Yes. Let me tell you something, Dave. If, if I'm UCLA, and, and there's a saying, when a, a wounded dog laying down, if you don't take him out, he's going to come and bite you. Hmm. Okay? So that wounded dog is Arizona State going to play UCLA. If UCLA plays ASU lightly, and maybe look, I don't know who UCLA plays the next week, but look past Arizona State, they're going to get bit. Because once again, UCLA has a whole lot to lose at 7-1, ranked 12th in the country, than Arizona State being 3-5 and five 
with no ranking coming in playing against them. So if I'm UCLA, this this is this is the Pac-12 championship game because that's where you want to be. You want to be in the Pac-12 championship game. You have to play that game week in and week out. Arizona State has nothing to lose. All they have to do is go in there and take care of business and fight UCLA like they did against Washington, and they can come away with a victory. Take me back to that energy. Take me back to that energy coming out this Saturday. Imagine what that – it's going to be packed. It should be packed. Not only are they on a roll playing one of the better teams in America, what's that energy going to look and feel like, and can it make a difference? Well, let me tell you something, Dave. It it can make a difference because I'm going to go back to 1982 (laughs) when I was being recruited by Arizona State and not being recruited by UCLA and USC. I guarantee you there are some guys on this roster at Arizona State who may live in the, on the West Coast in Arizona, I'm sorry, in UCLA. For sure. That got looked over. This is that This is that show me game. Let me show you, UCLA, what you passed on. Because you 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 didn't come to David Fulcher's house to recruit me. Right. I live right down the street from you. You didn't want to talk to me. And then all of a sudden, now I get a chance to play against you? Well, let me tell you something, Dave. That first game that I played against UCLA in the Rose Bowl. At the Rose Bowl, we came down there. We wind up tying the game 26 off. But I had a 19-tackle game, a quarterback sack, some fumble uh, causes, an interception, and a whole lot of tackles. And when that game was over with, when I walked off that field, them UCLA coaches looked at me and said, we lost you. No, you didn't want me. So if I'm an Arizona State player and I'm going to play UCLA and I don't want to say it's grudging, you're holding grudges, but I wasn't good enough to play for you. Let me show you what I can do right here at ASU and I'm going to come out there and I'm trying to beat you guys on Saturday. And I'm assuming following, you know, three awfully nice games in a row. I know we stumbled last week, but darn it, we almost had it. So Washington, Stanford beating Colorado, probably a huge recruiting day, packed stadium. Uh, Imagine. Imagine we, we come out with the victory, which I believe we can. I think this is going to be, I don't know what the over-under is going to be, 100, but uh, this is going to be quite a game, and it could be awfly exciting, David, for those recruits. And, and imagine, imagine if UCLA isn't recruiting them and we either beat them or take them to the final bell, how those young men are going to feel about coming to ASU. So think about when these players are coming into that stadium and they're being recruited by Arizona State. And they invite them into the locker room. They invite them into dinner. They, they come to breakfast that morning. They watch with the, the work through, the walkthrough, all those type of things. And they're standing there on the 50-yard line watching these guys warm up. And in their mind, Dave, wow, this is uh, electrifying. My high school holds 2,000. This place holds 80,000. And no, I'm not playing against UCLA today, but there might be an opportunity for me to play UCLA next year. And watching the guy who's playing your position, he's a senior and he's leaving. I get a chance to be that freshman next year. Man, I am licking my chops. I've got my hands warming up. It's going to be like 80 degrees, 90 degrees there. I'm excited because that could be me out there next year. Not the player that's playing today. That could be me playing for UCLA or uh, against UCLA or even playing for UCLA. But that could be me. 
But in the opportunity to play for Arizona State and be on that field and watch us destroy UCLA or come close to it, well, no matter what it may be, but whatever happens after that game, I next year can be playing <laughs> against UCLA right here on this field or in Poly Pavilion at the Rose Bowl. I want that opportunity. David, do you still have any? Do you have your still have a set of pads from your college days? Do you still have a uniform or a set of pads? No, I don't have the pads, but I do have my helmet. I'm not sure I can go out there with just my helmet on, but All right. I can do that. I have a little uh, friendly wager for you, and that is this. If we beat, after we beat UCLA this Saturday, I would like you to come on the podcast wearing your helmet, wearing your jersey. If you want to go uh, uh, call your friend Anthony Munoz, get a set of get a set of pads and uh, have you. By the time we're done with these podcasts, you're almost so fired up, you're ready to put them on anyway. I'll tell you this. I've got my jersey over here in the closet. I got my helmet out here in the in the in the in the office in the workroom. Trust me, I will have it in my hand. If I don't have that jersey on, that big number seven jersey on, I will have it right here with my helmet in my hand. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fist that up because you can see right behind you on our podcast that was really? against USC. That shot right there, I tackled the running back in the backfield, and uh, that's me and Greg Battle, our linebacker, and uh, I had just tackled that guy for a loss. And um, I jumped in the air, man, being excited because that was another team that told me I wasn't good enough and did not recruit me. And that was SC. And that was played at the Coliseum where USC plays their uh, their home games. As I think about this coming weekend, there's three things that have come to mind. I've given this game some thought already. Number one, I don't think we can have many turnovers, and we sure can't have any turnovers to give them a short field, number one. Number two, their quick strike ability. Uh, I don't think they're up in the, as I watched this weekend, I watched a bunch of football and you and I were texting back and forth how quickly the avalanche of points came out of Ohio state in that close game. And all of a sudden it wasn't close. We can't let them get on the avalanche of points either. And number three, if we can have the type of numbers, now again, we're not playing the same team. I get that. But if we can keep their offense off the field a bit and move the ball, even two or three first downs, I'm not saying we score every time we touch the ball, but a couple of first downs every time, and we keep that offense, we keep Charbonnet off the off the field, that's going to give us an awfully decent shot. So let me let me tell you where I think that is going to be really, really key to winning this football game. Against Colorado, time of possession, we had the ball 33 right. minutes. They had it 26. Yeah. Stanford against UCLA had 31 minutes. UCLA is 28 minutes. We're going to have to have that football a little bit longer than UCLA. And you said it, keep UCLA's offense off the field. What we can't do is go three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. We have to sustain drives. We have to, we have to move the football. And, and I think we talked about this against with Willie Shaw and Stanford, how Stanford's thought process is with the football on offense. It doesn't really matter what we do on first down or second down as long as we finish third down and two or three. Right. If you can be a third and two or three football team, that gives you a chance. But the only way really to get third and two is be successful on first down, meaning that it needs to be first and five, first and six, six yards, five or six yards. That way you can do anything you want to do on a second down. 
But if you have to throw the football 20 yards down the field on second and long, you defeat yourself. And UCLA doesn't do anything to you. It's because you are playing behind the chains. You need to play inside the chains or in front of the chains. And that's how we're going to beat UCLA. Well, keep if we go away from their mm-hmm. offense and keep doing what we normally do. I agree. Excuse me. I didn't mean to step over you. Uh, Chip Kelly's, you know, obviously – Love loves the loves to press it and loves the quick strike. And if we go three and out, three and out, three and out, we might be talking about some quick scores. And I don't think they're the easiest team in America to come back from. So I, I completely agree. It'd be nice to, uh, and as you always say, it'll be real interesting to see the first drive of each half and how, how we, depending on whether we win that. And you've, I always ask you, what's the most important play of the game? And you always say the coin flip. Man, it is. It's the it's the most important part of the game because you know you see teams win the coin flip, defer to the second half. Almost everybody does. Now I I saw that, but I've also saw some change. Like when the Bengals went zero and two, Joe Burrow said, "If we win the coin toss, we won it because it sets the tone of the game." What you want as a head coach defensively is to have your defense out there to set the tone of the game. But there are some circumstances that are obviously out of your control. If you are trying to set the tone and you want to force UCLA to come down and score against you, give me the ball first. Let's go down and score and then make UCLA come back and beat us. that's That's the whole strategy of this game. UCLA has to come back to catch Arizona State. That means every time we score a point, we have to score when they don't score. Or if they score, we have to score. You want UCLA to chase you. You don't want to chase UCLA. And if we get the ball first and score, put the pressure on UCLA because they have more pressure on them than we have on us. So, yeah, you can you can defer to football because you want it the second half. But sometimes that backfires. But I do understand why you want yeah. that because if you score before the end of the half, you get the ball at the second, the first possession of the second half. If you take the ball and UCLA scores at the end of the half, now you got to be down more than seven or three sure. because they get the ball the second half. Let me cover put the one pressure on. Put the day. Put the pressure on UCLA. I agree. I agree with you. Don't put it on us. Put it on them. Here's what I think we'll do that. I want to, I'll cover this. And then any way you want to bring us to a close and fire people up and get us excited for the game, you could do that. But before this past game against Colorado, if I'm a coach watching this play, I go, okay, I got to stop Valde and I got to stop Badger. Oh, by the way, how about Badger's catch coming across the middle, going up the sideline and for 10 yards carrying two and three Buffaloes that impressed me. And I guarantee anyone that's watching football who's thinking about the next level for that young man, watching him carry three or four Buffaloes for an extra 10 yards inside the five-yard line, I I caught myself clapping, uh, watching watching it live happen. What I liked is they can't just focus on those two guys. Trenton's an excellent quarterback. And Jalen Conyers, we already have Messiah Swinson, who's, again, uh, an amazing tight end. They can't just shut those guys off and think they're going to shut us off. No, I, I, I believe that what Arizona State has put on the field now, the ingredient that they have in the food now, tastes pretty good. Those guys are doing their job. And all you got to do, Dave, is sprinkle a little bit of salt and pepper here, sprinkle a little bit of this over there, and those guys are playing good football. 
And once again, they they have nothing to lose. Nobody has picked them to win the Pac-12 conference in the first place. They're at the bottom of the barrel in the Pac-12 conference. So you know what they're doing? They're climbing up the ladder. And each week you got to get better. They, they were really, really good against Washington. They weren't bad against Stanford. They just, just needed some more points. Just needed some points. And then they come back against Colorado the way they should have played against Stanford. So they played three excellent football games. They played three excellent football games and should be 3-0 and in that stretch. But now they get a chance to go fight the big dog again. Because you know what? As long as you got some fight in you and you know you got fight in you, these Sun Devils have fight in them, they're going to play UCLA tough. As long as they can keep UCLA's offense off the field and maintain the football, ask your quarterback not to go win the game, but manage the game. And that's what he did against Colorado. David, why aren't you flying out to be to be in the locker room for the pregame talk before they take the field goal and they didn't recruit me? Pay you know, for them not recruiting me. We've asked that question, Dave. I've asked that question many times, man. I, I, I try to motivate people. I try to motivate players. I'm motivated myself at 58, trying to get myself pumped up because I'm ready to go. Because you know what? This is this is UCLA. This is my hometown school that didn't even give me a phone call. Matter of fact, they didn't even drive by my house. So, so think about this, Dave. I, I, have, I have a passion for this game. This is UCLA. We would have never known that you have a you have a, a dog in this fight or a feeling about this game. I don't I don't think we'd have ever known. You know, and 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 once again, the simple fact that you know I played with Max Montoya, who played at UCLA. I played uh, Anthony Munoz, Hall of Famer, uh, who played at USC. You know, when I play against those schools, when my, Arizona State plays against those schools, I'm sitting on my seat because I'm looking for the devil to come out the sun devil to come out and destroy them. And when you get that, you know, there, there's nothing else better. I mean, once again, USC and UCLA, I know that we got down the road, the University of Arizona, that other school in, 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 in Phoenix, but I don't even care about that school. I care more about- how you were allowed to say their name. I didn't know those words were allowed to come well, out. Well, you know, we could say because there is a university down there, but we really don't know who it is. But um, we played them at the you know last game of the year. My, my, my main concern has always been USC and UCLA because those were my hometown teams. And I had to prove to them that I could play. That's why I went to Arizona State so I could play against them. And now the battle has come because we are ready for UCLA. And, and once again, UCLA has a whole lot to lose at 7-1 than a 3-5 and five Arizona State team. But Arizona State is going to shock the world. Like Willie Shaw said, the thriller of Manila. Arizona State versus UCLA, and we're going to knock them down. I agree. Uh, two things. I want you to tell Judy to uh, help you get out the jersey and make sure it's clean, make sure it's looking good. I want you to polish the helmet because uh, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Uh, that team that you don't want to talk about, if you go back and look, they gave USC quite a game this week, and I think that we are going to give UCLA all they can handle. They're coming into our house we're playing awfully good football, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some numbers duplicated this week that we put up last week and take this thing to the wire. So get the helmet ready, get the jersey ready, 
and we'll have a celebration on our next podcast. Well, let's go Sun Devils, man. I think the Sun Devils have an opportunity, man, to go ahead and get that fourth win at home uh, in front of a large crowd, going to be sold out. And uh, if they can be electric like they have been in the past, uh, I can see our football team getting their fourth win. All right, brother, we're going to get that thing done. And, David, uh, is Kayla going to the game? Are we going to have Kayla Fulcher on football next podcast? We'll probably have Kayla Fulcher on football uh, next week at the UCLA game. She's definitely going to be there. And uh, she is just a significant part of knowing what football is about. She is. So we'll have her on our podcast next week okay. and get her insights on uh, the UCLA game, getting ready for that next game. And uh, we'll, we'll do it from there, my friend. You in full uniform, Kayla Fulcher on football and a win. Uh, I'm ready. I'm in. Count me in. D&D Square, baby. We'll be back next week, man. See you, my friend. Good to see you, David. All right, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.